Welcome back to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast presented by Sib Sports. This is your host, John Ashgar. And today with me, I have Jack Vandermotter back on the show. Welcome, Jack. Hey, happy to be back. Yeah, thanks for being back. And today on our show, we are very excited to say that we have our first sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Streetsboro Dental in Streetsboro, Ohio. They can take care of all of your dental needs at an affordable rate. They take a wide variety of insurances as well as Medicaid. They are also open to walk-in appointments. You can go to streetsborodental.com for more information or to schedule an appointment today. Anyways, let's get on with our show. Thank you, Streetsboro Dental. Today on the show, we'll be talking about a variety of topics, including Browns camp reports, uh, training camp around the league, and the Cleveland Indians, who are super hot right now. So let's start with the NFL Top 100, Jack. So NFL Top 100 has partially come out, and we got three guys so far in the Browns who have made the list at Jarvis at number 84, Baker at number 50, Miles at number 49. We also have a couple guys that might make the list. That yeah. Not, that well, let's talk about let's talk about the guys that are on the list so far. So Jarvis is at 84. I think that's a good spot for him. I think it is too. I um, mean, I don't think he's. Really he didn't have a f- amazing season last year, but I think he's still a talented enough player to make that list. Exactly. And then Baker at 50. I mean, there's only room for him to move up. See, here's the thing. Like a lot of people disagree with that Baker at 50 pick because Matt Ryan I think was 70 so that's 20 spots yeah but Deshaun Watson was 51 Deshaun Watson was 51 I mean yeah are you gonna say Baker's better than Deshaun Watson just as a rookie I mean I think that's a great spot going into your second year oh for sure like I don't know I I mean it is voted on by the players so at the end of the day like you know if that's where they think he should be that's where he is but I think he's more than capable of, you know, holding that spot and, like, improving on and it. And moving like, up into a yeah, top 10 think, spot in the future. I don't think that's outrageous by any means, but I do think it might. It is maybe a little bit high just for, like, not having accomplished as much as some of the other guys on the list, such as Carson Wentz at 96, Matt Ryan at 70, and Deshaun Watson at 71. And then we have Miles Garrett at 49. Miles came out and said that he will never be that low again, so... Which I thought it was yeah, a little we'll disrespect, disrespectful to put him at 49. I mean, that's kind of low. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's more, more fuel to the fire, more motivation that he'll use to improve. All right, and we have breaking news right now. A.J. Green just reported that he is out for six to eight weeks with torn ligaments in his ankles. Which is sad. But this at dude the can't same catch time, a break. Oh my! God. It's I don't even think it's a break. It's his own fault. I mean, he he cannot stay. He hasn't been able to stay healthy with his foot injury last year. Foot injury last year. He he was dealing with foot injuries before last year in the the season before that. He just can't stay healthy. Um, he's a great player, and I'd like he's to see a, he's him stay an elite. Healthy, but, he's an elite uh, wide receiver, especially with Andy Dalton as your quarterback. <laughs> yeah, to be able to put up that kind of production with Andy Dalton as your quarterback just shows how elite he is. But it's tough. All right, let's get back to uh, the top 50. So they've done through uh, number 46 on the list. So, Jack, who do you think could be past 46 for the Browns, if so, any? Okay, so, I mean, I think the obvious choice is Odell Beckham Jr. He was 77 last year, but although he missed some time, and then he was number 8 in 2017. I think he'll be somewhere... Top 30? Top 30, maybe, in the... T- 20s. I would be happy with top 30. I would be happy with top 32. Like 27 Um, or something like that. 27, 26, yeah. I like that. And then another possibility, Denzel Ward, who is also a rookie last year. So this one, one, we know Odell will be somewhere in the upcoming rankings. We're not sure about Denzel Ward. He could be a hit or miss with this. Maybe he'll be at like 40 or something like that. It's tough to say. So him coming in as a rookie and being top 40 in the league, 
uh, would be amazing. Although, and it, I mean, he is a shutdown corner. I don't think anyone would be like shocked, but at the same time, it's tough to say because I mean, there are a lot of good players that have yet to be named. And then the last player that we were talking about on the Browns that could be in the top 50, possibly even top 10, was Ishmaeli Kitchen. Ishmaeli Kitchen had a great year. The run-stopping defensive tackle, yeah. So, I mean, he's just an unstoppable force, and if he keeps up his hard work and play, I don't think you could list them below five. Would you agree? I think five would be disrespectful. Well, I Ishmaili? mean, top three. To Ishmael. I mean, he's up there with the Aaron Donalds of the world. I mean, I think he makes Aaron Donald look kind of bad, but and that's small. just my, I mean, I'm biased. We're Browns fans, mm-hmm. but yeah. All right. Let's talk about more Browns training camp. Thank you, Ishmaeli Kitchen. All right, so the Browns have been running three safety sets. So this means we are having our strong safety and free safety back in the field, and we are putting a another strong safety. In place of a linebacker. Yeah, in place of a linebacker and close to the line. And so, that comes with Steve Wilkes' new formations yeah. and schemes. So it's good. Steve Wilkes is bringing in a lot of new looks for us, and um, they're having Jermaine Whitehead, who – they really like a lot play with the linebackers and on the line. What's interesting is the reports are saying that it's actually working really well and that speed coming off the edge is causing the offense some problems. You know, it does. we have all these new linebackers with Taki Taki, Mac Wilson, uh, Jannard Avery come in into his second year, and then obviously the two veterans, Joe Schobert and Christian Kirksey. So there's a lot of guys that need playing time. So I'm not opposed to the yeah, safety. If set. you can stay fresh and just keep rotating in new players that are actually dependent, I'm not opposed to that at all. Especially with and if it works, yeah, with speed and power and everything. Um, and it was working against the Browns. Jarvis Landry said that the offense was having like a really really difficult time against this. So. It will be fun to look for it in the preseason, and if it works there, then the regular season, see how it affects other offenses. Yeah. The next thing we'll talk about is the two-minute drill at practice two days ago, right? So a lot of good reports coming out, both about the defense and the offense, Offense. but one of the highlights was the two-minute drill drill. led by Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, and Odell Beckham. Started off with a 20-yard pass to Odell Beckham Jr., and then another pass to Jarvis Landry. And then the third pass to Jarvis Landry again in the end zone for a touchdown. It was reported to take only 40 seconds for this two-minute drill to go down with the Browns capping it off with a touchdown. Which is great to hear. Does that does that make you skeptical about the defense? Or Not do you think the offense is just running? The thing is, like, the defense, I've been hearing a lot of reports that the defense has been looking better than the offense at times. And so... It's nice to hear I'm the offense doing something I'm actually excited to hear that. And I think... I think it's been a good balance so far. I think the offense has had their highlights and flashes, and I think the defense has been holding up. So I'm happy to hear that. Let's talk about Greg Robinson, Jack. He's been having a really good training camp, according to reporters, too. Greg Robinson is going to be a huge piece. We talked about him a couple episodes ago, but apparently his footwork has been looking great, like really fluid and improved. He's been working with some ex-offensive linemen in the NFL, and... um, He's a big piece that needs to kind of pan out if this offensive line and this He's whole offense is going to go. He's one of the most important pieces that needs to pan out on the offensive sure. line, besides Austin Corbett, I would say. Greg Robinson, they had that video of him versus Miles Garrett, and I know it's one video, but his feet looked amazing. His agility looked amazing. His side-to-side moving against Miles was awesome, and I mean... If he's practicing against Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon every day, he could only get better, right? He's going to get better. And the thing that's really exciting about Greg Robinson is everyone knows he was the number two pick, and he kind of busted. But he's coming back. He's, you know, working showing hard. flashes. He's yeah. working really hard. And, I mean, so he has the physical tools. If he can put it together and, you know, 
he could be a franchise he left could tackle. be a really good left tackle like a complete steal so i'm glad to hear all the positive reports so yeah far. he's on the one year seven million dollar deal right now this is really a make it break it year for him because if he has a huge year the browns could give him a huge contract we're looking for joe thomas's predecessor right and it might be right here yeah it could be so that would be a huge steal so next kareem hunt is hurt right now so kareem hunt has been out with a groin injury but reports are that he's close to coming back and he's on the non-football injury list so it's not too big of an issue or concern but yeah he's close to coming back i look forward to seeing him in the offense yeah i think that's our only big injury right now but obviously at the beginning of training camp you want everybody healthy in there so you can have everybody running the offense and getting looks yeah. So it'd be good to have Kareem back soon. Yeah, for sure. I think he can improve the offense even more. Um, he is suspended, as we know, so we won't really be able to see his full potential until week 10. But but we will be able to see him play in the preseason a little four bit. games. So that will be nice to see him and how he works in the offense with Baker and everyone else. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And so some people that we have not been hearing a lot about in training camp, who actually a couple of these guys we heard a lot about in OTAs, is Antonio Callaway and Sheldrick Redwine, the rookie. Let's talk about Antonio Callaway. We were hearing so much about him in OTAs and minicamp, and now they're not saying anything about him. I don't necess- necessarily think that is a bad thing, but it's it's just interesting how he was all over the news in OTAs, and now we're just not hearing a thing. Let me ask you something. Do you think with OBJ being here that he's just completely taking the spotlight from away from everyone else? I mean, for sure. Like You see him on SportsCenter, you see him on ESPN, even though it's the same thing. Hasa Highlights, Bleacher Report. He's over every social media page. I mean, every catch that Odell makes with one hand, you're seeing it. So he is probably clogging the news and taking all the, you know a lot of the attention. Especially um, from wide receivers on the Browns. With that said, I have seen some videos of Baker thrown some interceptions where it kind of looks like he's forcing it into Odell so I just hope that doesn't affect um, I mean that's something Baker's gonna get comfortable with too and I'm not yeah, worried there but, was a video of um, Baker throwing a interception to TJ Carey when he was trying to force it to Odell downfield and Greedy actually well it was double coverage it wasn't it was unfortunate but um, in a good play by Greedy but either way I do think that's taking away from the amount of work or at least attention you might see from some of the other receivers like Rashard Higgins and Antonio Callaway. But the thing is, it's weird. We'll, we'll talk about this right now, too. We've heard more about players like Blake Jackson and Derek Willies and how they're showing out more than just like Antonio Callaway practicing. And that's, I mean, they're going to talk about that because there are still a couple receiver spots that are open for grabs and that, you know, that's and kind of in training camp is when those positions are won. So, I mean, you're going to hear talk about that. That's why I'm not necessarily worried about Antonio Callaway. I just think it's kind of, you know, he's doing his thing, getting putting in work, but maybe not. You want to talk about our Browns depth chart and, like, who the Browns? Yeah, we can a little bit. Um, so we obviously have Odell and Jarvis as locks for the team. Same with Rashard Higgins and Antonio Callaway. But that leaves players like Jalen Strong, Damian Ratley, who we drafted last year in the sixth round from Texas A&M, and then players like Blake Jackson, Derek Willies, and uh, Damon Sheehy Gwispy. I can't, I can't say the his name. The player that lied his way into Yeah, he lied his way, but <laughs> apparently he's having yeah, he's a, looking good. A, a great preseason. He's working harder than anybody else. And then there's also Ishmael Hyman, who had a great OTAs too. So the Browns wide receiver room is looking really stacked right now. It's. I mean, I think that's something we all knew was going to be a strong suit coming into the season, but... Um, it'll be interesting to see who wins those 
uh, next positions because I think even even with those four guys that we know are going to be locks, there's still talent in Blake Jackson and all in Jalen Strong, Strong, yeah, Derek Willies, Damian all these Bradley. guys that you know. I mean, this could also be a good position for the Browns too because a lot of teams are in need of wide receivers. So by the end of camp, if these guys aren't cut, maybe Dorsey could make some trades, especially to teams like the Giants who have who are having big wide receiver problems right now. Uh, it's looking like Odell might have put a curse on their wide receiver corps. They're getting injured and suspended left and right, so yeah. that makes Daniel Jones' job a lot harder. But uh, either you have to way, be able to throw the ball to wide receivers to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they might just use Saquon on every single snap. But either way, our I'd, our room is looking great. Yeah, we have a lot of talent. Uh, could definitely make some moves and you know get some value. But who do you think if we took six wide receivers, who do you think could make it? Um, Let's just talk about the two that we so, think right. make. So we got the four, obviously, Odell, Jarvis, Jarvis Callaway, Rashard, and Higgins. Yeah. But then I think the two that could potentially make it. I'm putting Derek Willies. I think Derek Willies could definitely he's make a, it. He's a big body. He's 6'4", dude. And, yeah, and he he got some playing time last year, and he looked, he looked pretty solid. With that huge catch against the Ravens. Right, and so I think Derek Willies could definitely make it. Blake Jackson is looking really good, although I don't think he was originally, like, one of the top guys, yeah, favorite. I don't but he's think Blake really Jackson's good. gonna make it. I don't either, but you never know if he keeps showing out. I think it's gonna be a fight ultimately between Damon Ratley and Jalen Strong. I think I do too. Damon Sheehy, USB. It's a good story. I, yeah, it's a good story. I I could see him just making our practice squad. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he'll make it, um, although it'd be a huge surprise. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with Ratley as our sixth player, just because he's a Dorsey guy. Dorsey drafted him, so. Everybody knows Dorsey loves his guys and goes with them. So you could see Willies and Ratley. Ratley is young, too. I, I really like Jalen Strong. He's another big body. But he's had some trouble in the NFL, especially with injuries. He's towards ACL last year, so this will be his first year back anyways. So Speaking of guys who uh, haven't really been heard a lot about, Jalen Strong, has we haven't heard a ton of news about yeah, him. Yeah, I, I just see pictures of him, like him in the background anyways. Right. So I don't know how he's doing. I, I mean, he was kind of a No big, shade at you, Jalen. <laughs> we love you, Jalen Strong. But, yeah, but I haven't heard much about him either. So we'll see. I don't. I think, you know, as training camp goes on, we'll figure out more and more news. But um, at Let's this go point, back to who we haven't heard about. Sheldrick Redwine. He was a fourth-round safety out of Miami that we just took this past draft. Um, he could be a big future piece in our secondary but do you think there's a realistic chance of him even getting a lot of playing time this year? I really don't because of Morgan Burnett and Whitehead. With that said, with three safeties on the field, if we play that set often, there is a chance that, you know, for a breather or if someone goes down, that Redwine will see the field because he probably will be the next guy up. Well, but, there's um, also Eric Murray that we trade. Eric Murray from the Chiefs. But I, I feel like they'd probably get Redwine just for development, although I do think Dorsey's plan when they drafted Redwine was to uh, let him sit on the bench and kind of learn, yeah, just like they did with Corbett. Eventually come in and make an impact, not right. just right away. All right, Jack, so let's talk about some people that we have been hearing a lot, though. So the first person is Mac Wilson, and Mac Wilson has been getting a lot of good reviews, especially from like players, too, like Odell. Odell, yeah, you heard that uh, comment by him saying he's impressed. Mac Wilson and Sione Takitaki, uh, the two rookie linebackers, which are good to hear. The rookie tandem, the so, future. But Sione has been involved in a little bit of uh, controversy. Yeah, so Sione Takitaki is a hard-hitting linebacker from BYU that we drafted in the third round. 
he is not getting a lot of good attention right now because he plays super hard and a lot of the veterans aren't liking it because he's a hard hitter so he's going very hard in these early practices that's the thing it's not even i mean he's getting bad attention it's not that he's not playing well it's just that he's kind of he's been giving players some hits i heard a report that he kind of hit duke johnson a little hard and he had a problem with it i don't and <laughs> i don't have a problem with him hitting no, duke I don't johnson know. hard no, <laughs> but yeah, another report came out that Farrell Brown, the backup tight end, was getting really angry and called him out during practice. In an interview, Taki Taki said he's just a high-energy guy. He plays hard That's on every snap. That's how he played at BYU. Uh, I just think people don't want to get injured in training camp, and I, I respect both sides. I mean, he wants to make an impact, Taki Taki, and then the other players don't want to get hurt, so I kind of understand both sides. But. Yeah, and Taki Taki, he's learning, what, he's only had four practices so far. And he's saying he's adjusting and just seeing how practices go anyways. Yeah, so I don't think that's a huge uh, huge problem, but... Yeah, Farrell Brown, stop being such a baby, dude. <laughs> right, you're not even going to play anyways. Jack, let's talk about this high-powered defense a little more. The cornerbacks. We have a lot of good starting cornerbacks right now. We talked about this a little bit on our previous podcast when we did the Browns preseason special, but we're really starting to see like how it's turning out. Yeah, so the second starting quarterback job is up for grabs. Um, With Denzel Ward obviously taking the first Obviously, um, but a lot of people like to talk about Grady Williams, and I would personally like to see him on the field. I want to see him doing well. But uh, a guy that kind of went under the radar last year, Terrence Mitchell, Money Mitch, uh, he's very good. I could see him, you know, as a veteran presence getting the, the nod. Um, and then TJ Carey, of course, who Yeah, signed. so I've been seeing mixed reviews from TJ Carey. I've been seeing a lot of videos of him getting blown up, especially by uh, 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 Rashard Higgins on the 30-yard line. He literally left his ankles there. But another uh, website reported how he's been one of the biggest standouts at camp. Yeah, it's really been mixed reviews. The first couple days, I saw a lot of negative reports saying he hasn't been looking good. And then recently, he's I've been seen a couple Odell videos. Well. He's been covering well. I saw him get an interception. So it's uh, it's really mixed reviews with him he's gonna see the field in our nickel position most likely but and he could also go fill in for safety sets because tj carey has played safety before he could but, but in talking about the cornerbacks i don't think he'll really put up yeah. much of a competition for the outside cornerback but having four good guys at cornerback is such a good position to be in yeah for sure i mean because especially i mean denzel war's not a big guy he dealt with injuries last year, so it, it's always great to have a guy that, you know, if they need a breather, if they go down, to have depth at that cornerback position, because that is one of the most important positions in the NFL. Assuming these four do get a lot of playing time, how do you see it working out? I Obviously, Denzel's going to be on the field the majority of the time. I would love to see Greedy in there a lot. He, I think, has a great—what I love about Greedy is I think he complements Denzel perfectly. He's bigger while Denzel's a little smaller. Greedy's super fast, so he can cover, you know, downfield. Denzel Ward's also really fast, he is, They're both fast. They're I'm four, not saying four, he's three, not one. I Right, know. but um, I think they're just a really good complement to each other. Um, so I'd love to see Greedy on there. Terrence Mitchell, there was a video of Odell kind of cooking him a couple times. But, and Rashard Higgins. <laughs> but I still think he's a, a really good player. Um, with experience. He's a veteran cornerback. Right, with experience. So that's, I mean, Dorsey loves to kind of let his guys learn. And so I, I would not be surprised at all if Terrence Mitchell got the start week one. But with that said, I think Greedy will ultimately be the better and kind of get more playing time. Um, and then TJ Carey will be on the field too. So let me talk about a little how we could line these guys up. So if you're starting two cornerbacks, you could have Denzel and Greedy on the outside. 
if you're starting two quarterbacks, again, you could have Denzel and Terrence Mitchell on outside, assuming Greedy loses the starting position, which, I mean, he doesn't have anyways. If you're playing three, you could have either T. Mitch and Greedy on the outside with Denzel with Carey on the inside, or a little bit of a hotter take, you could put Terrence Mitchell and Greedy on the outside with Denzel covering the slot receiver. Denzel has played slot before and did a decent amount of it at Ohio State too, so I would not be opposed to them trying it out. That's an interesting take. Ultimately, I don't think it'll happen just because a couple He's reasons. He's so good on the outside. Right, a couple reasons. You want him on the number one, which is the majority be, of the time going to be on the outside. Unless um, it's in a player like Antonio Brown who does move around a lot. Right. I think the most likely scenario is it's uh, TJ in the nickel covering the slot, uh, Denzel on the outside, and then either Greedy or Mitchell. But I wouldn't be opposed to trying it out if, you know. If it works. If it to works, get right. all of our talent onto the field. Those three guys are all solid cornerbacks. Why not try to have them on the field at the same time? Right. I would I would like to see Terrence Mitchell, Greedy, and Denzel all on the field. But The Browns are just in a great position with their cornerbacks right now, though. Because... In the case of injuries, we do have someone that could back up Denzel or Greedy or Terrence, and we do have enough depth to keep our cornerbacks fresh and pull them in and out of the game. Right. So next, there's a fight broke out at training camp. Yeah, um, Farrell Brown, thank you for coming into the news again. You haven't been this relevant for a while. <laughs> Chad Thomas as well yes. in that same boat. Let's talk about Chad Thomas a little bit. Chad Thomas is the third-round defensive end that we took out of Miami, and he didn't play a single snap last year. He's I really have not heard much about him um, at all. Didn't uh, apparently he's not been great or dedicated or dedicated, right? As he, you know, I like that he does music on the yeah, side. Yeah, so Major Nine is his name, and he produces beats for people, especially like Rick Ross, Rick Ross, Twenty One Savage, Future. I'm just bullshitting here. Yeah, so people bring up the question whether he's more dedicated to his music or whether he's more dedicated to football, and that was one of the big questions when the Browns drafted him. But anyways, he didn't play last year, and now he's coming in kind of having a little bit of a tough training camp. First of all, earlier today, Chad Thomas wasn't hustling. Someone from the crowd yelled to him to hustle, and he flipped them off. Which is like the last thing you want to see a player doing. Given fans shouldn't be yelling at the players, right? I mean, they have the opportunity and the privilege to be in there to watch in the first place. You need to shut up and just watch. Yeah, be quiet and watch. But at the same time, dude, it's training camp. Yeah. Like, why are you getting so mad? Yeah, like, exactly. And if you're not hustling, that's just not a good thing. You're not like you're in a the set wrong. spot to make the team, anyways. Why would you not be hustling? If you're if you're if we're talking about you know. Miles Garrett or Aaron Donald. Who Obviously, you don't want to hear that, but like their their spot set. It, you're Chad Thomas. You're not you, like your spot's very much not like secure. Like you need to be hustling on every play, trying to get better. And so that's not what you want to hear. And then bringing Farrell Brown back into this, him and Chad Thomas started to scrap up, and they got into a fight. They got into a fight, which is again you don't want to hear. They started. They had to do some uh, laps. Freddie Kitchens has been making a lot of players do laps this training camp, but. And then you had your boy Orson Charles go and break it up. I, I love Orson Charles, dude. You gotta love him. He's a great teammate. Crazy, but yeah, he's absolutely insane. <laughs> absolutely nuts. You've but... seen those videos of him yelling at Baker, getting him hyped up, and he headbutts people without his helmet on too. So that's also a thing. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk more about Baker Mayfield. 
So he was in the news chewing out some receivers for not hustling. So I think the play was a scramble. He started scrambling outside the pocket, and a couple of players gave up on the play. A couple of the wide receivers. Yeah, wide receivers. Yeah, they went downfield, and the play was still happening. He was running, and they were downfield watching when they could have come back and blocked for Baker and protected their quarterback. But instead, they just stood there and watched like bystanders. This is kind of another situation where it's like, it's training camp. It's not the end of the world, but at the same time, like you want to be getting better and you want to be hustling on every play, um, especially if you're trying to make a roster. Right. If you're trying to make a roster, so I mean, I see like why, why Baker's o- why Odell wouldn't come back. And I block. see what. Yeah, exactly. Like I see why those guys wouldn't, but at the same time, I see why Baker would get you annoyed. You got to protect with that. your quarterback. You got to protect the quarterback. Try to make a play. If he's going all out, you got to go all out. So Jack, we've already talked about Antonio Callaway, but he's also having some drop problems in camp. In addition with David and Joku, which is not great to hear, because Callaway had some drop problems last, last year, year and in Joku. Same with David and Joku. Um, so they they got to get on the Jugs machine. But I I have been hearing both. I mean, David and Joku has been a beast in the red zone, but kind of midfield in those drives, he's been struggling a little bit. Those are two young pieces, though, yeah. and you want to see them succeed. They're young. I mean, it's definitely an area you want to see them get better at because drops are huge. They could swing the game, but especially on a third down play, right? Um, end of the game play. And these two have had these problems in the past, so it scares you a little bit when you repeatedly you. hear about it. Right, right. There was some reports in the offseason that Callaway was trying to work on that, so obviously hearing that is not you know, what you want to hear. That but concerning. It's also early. I mean, we're on day four now, so it's not like it's a huge problem. A huge problem. But, but it could be if it persists all the way throughout camp. Into this, yeah, and into the season. Let's talk about the guys that are throwing to them a little bit more. The Browns have no quarterback depth on this team. Which is which is pretty well known. Baker Mayfield, they're obviously riding or dying with Baker Mayfield. Um, but in the event that he does get hurt. Which is, I mean, knock on wood. But they they really have they have Garrett Gilbert and Drew Stanton as the backup. Drew Stanton's not here to play football, guys. He's he, brought in to help coach Baker Mayfield and be a mentor to him. Right, and in all the in all the reps he's been taking, he's kind of walking through it, and it's not... Unlike these other guys, it's I mean that's what he's here to do. He's, you know, here to be that that kind of father role and mentor. So that is going to be a problem if you know Baker were to go down. But and then you have Garrett Gilbert too. He's the, the third string uh, quarterback right now. He played for Carolina for one game last year, but then went to the AAF, and he actually did ball out in the AFF in their short lived career. In their- yeah, yeah, in the, the least le- short-lived career. The but, least uh, short-lived career. He he was on track to win MVP, but it's also not saying a lot because that was just a bunch of NFL cuts and backups playing. Right. So I mean, it's possible. But it is a big problem that the Browns are facing. I could see them signing a backup quarterback after initial cuts or second cuts. But or even like, I maybe they'll just ride with Baker. But there's guys that I could definitely see them sign. Like if Baker were to go down. Don't I'm I'm not necessarily expecting Drew Stanton or really Garrett play. Gilbert to really like play. They might play a game or two just to get a new guy like situated. Because if we do sign someone else, they're gonna have to learn their offense and all that. But but they're I don't think they're really in the plans for you know a sustained role. Yeah, that's that's where you go out and you do sign a player like Colin Kaepernick just because they're so good at throwing. Yes, Colin Kaepernick. I love Colin Kaepernick. And lastly, about the Browns, let's talk about Duke Johnson a little bit. Um, so Duke Johnson. Um, everyone knows about the the trade request, but he didn't hold out like some other players. Um, he's back, and what's interesting is we signed a. We've been working out some running backs. 
in training camp, which is, you know, creating speculation that maybe Duke Johnson is on the trading block. With that said, Theo Riddick from the Lions just got cut, who basically is in a very similar position as Duke Johnson. He's kind of of a receiving back more than a running back, and he just got cut. So that kind of explains why I don't think there's a huge market for Duke Johnson, and I think that's the biggest reason why he's still on the team. He's a very talented guy, just like Theo Riddick, but it's just... He's more talented. He is better and younger, but... You know, it's. I don't think the Browns are going to find a trade market, which is, is a, I think, one reason why Duke Johnson didn't hold out, as well as he's just not the same caliber as players as some of the other guys that hold, held out. But the Browns aren't showing a lot of faith in him anyways. They did a running back workout earlier in the week where they did invite ex-Giants running back Orleans Darkwaugh. Orleans Darkwaugh, an MVP candidate a few years ago, absolutely balled out on the Giants, but for some reason, which I have no idea why he just cannot find a job right now so the browns could potentially sign another mvp candidate in that backfield Um, but in reality they didn't though they signed aj alouette a running back he was undrafted this year so it shows you that they are actively looking for running backs that could come in and make an impact while kareem hunt is on the suspended list so you could have a tandem of chubb Hilliard and another possible backup running back. Right. So while Duke Johnson didn't hold out, um, there's a couple big names that did that are not on the Browns, thankfully, but Yannick Ngakwe from the Jaguars, Melvin Gordon from the Chargers, Michael Thomas from the Saints, Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott Elliott from the Cowboys, and Trent Trent Williams, Williams. the offensive lineman for the Redskins, are all holding out right now. I think the most notable is Melvin Gordon. I would say the most notable is Ezekiel Elliott. Well, the most notable, sure, I would say Ezekiel is probably the best player on that list, but I don't think Zeke's is going to last in the season where I think, I think I should have said that a different way. I think the most, the biggest holdout that I'm worried about could last into the season is Melvin Gordon. It seems like both camps are kind of staying put in their ways. The Chargers really don't want to pay him. Phillip Rivers came out and said, we love Melvin, but we have a lot of running back depth which kind of sparked some controversy. Melvin Gordon even replied to that, and he was not happy. But There's also other big players on the block right now who are holding out because they want to get paid. Zeke is in line to make $3.8 million this year. He is well valued above that, but he's on the verge of a contract year. Would you give Zeke top running back money? I mean, he's a top running back, so I would definitely give Zeke a top running back money. With that said, I do feel like he plays with the Cowboys. He plays with line. the Cowboys. They could they could definitely sign another guy, but at this point in the season, there's not their backup is not notable. He's not very good, and honestly, like there's just not that much talent out there on the market right now. So I think you got to you got to keep Zeke. And if the Cowboys the Cowboys are want to win this year, there's a lot of Cowboys, hype around them. Cowboys, you got to sign Zeke, man. Him. He's a generational talent. He's so good. We're a little give, bit biased over here because yeah, he's from Ohio, Ohio State. State but, but give him his money, man. That man deserves his money. And another man that I think deserves a lot of money is Michael Thomas. And I think the Saints will pay him. They said oh, they, 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 they said have they will. to. He's arguably a top three receiver in the league. Some people list him as their number one receiver in the league. And here's the thing. I think the I think Michael Thomas has all the leverage right now because the Saints window for a Super Bowl while they have a lot of young talent, I mean, Drew Brees' window closing. is closing. Same um, with Sean Payton. And the thing is, without Michael Thomas, your second best receiver is Traquan Smith, and then you got Ted Ginn Jr. Those guys are just not, they're, they're suitable, but they're not going to... Ted Ginn's old and Traquan's young. Right, and Traquan's unproven. It's just, it's not the situation you want. I think they'll get a deal done, and Michael Thomas will be back. Yeah, Mike Thomas is on the cap for $1.6 million this year. 
that's virtually nothing. His rookie year, he only made 930000 Right, and it's he's in a similar position to Zeke. He's still playing on that small little contract, and he's way outgrown it. So I think both of those players should get a contract done before the season starts. Melvin Gordon, on the other hand, is a little bit older than those guys. That, I think, is the biggest one I'm scared about. I mentioned that, but they don't want to pay him. The Chargers don't want to pay him, and they've got good running back depth with Justin Jackson, the sophomore, and Austin Eckler, who's looked great when he's gotten on the field. Yannick Ngakwe of the Jaguars, who was one of the best defensive players in the league last year. Um, He's also holding out. The Jaguars offered to make him one of the top-paid guys in the league, but he turned that down um, and is continuing his holdout. It's really surprising to me. Honestly, I I think the most surprising one is Michael Thomas. Let me tell you why for a second. Sorry to cut you off, but this dude had 125 receptions last year. For 1,405 yards and nine touchdowns. And he's getting $1.6 million. Sammy Watkins is the highest paid wide receiver in the league right now with $19.2 million. Does Sammy Watkins deserve $19 million? Absolutely not. I think that's pretty obvious. I mean, Michael Thomas, I this is the thing. It's not surprising to me, although you just said it was. I it's not because he is like you just said like he's such a good receiver and he's getting paid such a little amount. I'm not surprised that he's holding out. I'm just I guess I'm all Team Thomas for this one. He deserves the money. Right. It's actually what I just noticed. Two two of these guys are Ohio State guys, Michael Thomas and Zeke, uh, yeah. that are holding out. So the a couple of Ohio State Buckeyes are looking to get paid and very well deserving too. But but yeah, you have OBJ at two with 17 million. Mike Evans at three with 16.8. Brandon Cooks. At four with fifteen point two, and AJ Green, who we talked about earlier, who just got hurt, getting and, paid fifteen. And Michael Thomas is easily better than all those guys. I mean, Mike Evans probably being the best one on that list. AJ Green when he's healthy, but um, oh, definitely AJ Green when he's healthy. But he's just never healthy, so I'm, I, I have a hard time putting a, him over Mike Evans. He's just not on a good contract, and you have a bunch of rookies who got drafted in the first round, who are making a lot more money just because of where they got drafted, like Cam Meredith or Brashad Perriman. Tyler Boyd, Devontae Parker, who hasn't proved himself yet. So Michael Thomas needs to get paid. And I think they'll get a deal done. Also, we haven't really talked about Trent Williams, um, the offensive lineman for the Redskins. He's a franchise left tackle. Franchise left tackle. I mean, his situation is a little bit different, but I think with the premium that comes with the left tackle position, you got to pay the guy. Especially with a young quarterback like Dwayne Haskins. You're investing in your team. You can't afford. You want to protect him. You can't afford to let him get hit on every play. And so I think they they got to get a deal done with Trent Williams. Trent Williams' cap hit this year is $14.7 million, But that could really skyrocket if he uh, gets contract extension. The top offensive tackle right now is making $17 million. And that's Nate Solder, which proved to be not so good of a contract by your highness Dave Gettleman. They're only one year in, but yeah, he did not. And then you have well players like year. Andrew Whitworth and Russell Kong who play really well and deserve the money. And then Tyron Smith, Trent Brown, who was just signed by the Raiders this year after he had a breakout season. But he's a right tackle, and they're paid for less. Trent Williams is the seventh highest paid tackle right now, but I could see him getting paid more than a player like Trent Brown. So pay these guys, but... We're going to transition here a little bit. To yeah, for the end of the podcast, let's talk about our Cleveland Indians a little bit right now. At the moment, they are down 8-5 to in the fifth inning. It's a shootout. Uh, Bauer didn't have that good of a game. We're actually watching the game right now, and when Trevor Bauer got pulled, he had a little bit of an outburst on the mound. 
That was crazy. He just chucked the ball from the pitching mound yeah. over yeah. the center field wall. Tito Francona started to walk out to pull him from the game, and Bauer turns around and just throws the ball, just absolutely guns it over the center field wall. And you could see players like Lindor and Ramirez just in disbelief, like, what just happened? And Francona gave him a little talking to. He was not happy. And but sent him back to the dugout. But I understand the frustration as he gave up eight runs to the Royals, who are one of the worst teams in the league. So, anyways, we are officially one game back of the Twins. Today it could be two because they were creaming the White Sox, 9-0. to zero. Yeah, so they're they're going to pick up a dub, and the Indians are down three, which is not good. But Yeah, I mean, two games back, I mean, one game back. With so much time left in the season, exactly. I'm not worried. We've come from 11 games back to one game back right now, and we're four games up in the wild card. And since so. June 1st, we've been the best team in the MLB. MLB. Although we've been, we have been beating up on some pretty bad teams. But still, I mean, you love to see it. The offense has totally come alive. And we talked about Jose Ramirez being hot. Looking for those home Last run week, pitches. He has hit home runs in his past three games, and he's hitting over 400 in those games too. Jose Ramirez has continued to warm up and stay hot as ever and become the player that we saw last year and the year before. And that's given everyone confidence. It's I mean, really helped our offense. Oscar Mercado's been continuing to hit really well. Yeah, he's 20 for 55. Uh, Jason Kipnis had that grand slam the other day, and he, yeah. although he had a really bad start to the season, he's been you know he's been a little bit more consistent recently. Francisco Lindor is Francisco Lindor, and the whole the whole offense just head to toe has been uh, looking a lot better. So on our Twitter later today, we are going to put out a poll on whether we think or whether you think the Indians should be buyers this trade deadline whether we should stay the same this trade deadline or whether we should sell this trade deadline. I, I think selling's kind of out of the picture, but some people are extremists. You never know. And they might still put it. So look for that on our Twitter later. At Hottest Take Pod. And go vote because the Indians are in a huge position right now with a lot of pressure building on their shoulders. And that's going to end it for us today. Thank you, Jack, for coming on the podcast. It's always a pleasure having you. Thank you for having me. I took a couple weeks off, but we back, baby. Looking forward to doing it again. All right. Shout out Ishmaeli Kitchen. And now our producer, Matt, has a message for you. All right. Thank you, guys. If you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast, you can find this on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. We are actually now officially on iTunes and Spotify and YouTube, so you can find our show there. Today's intro beat was made by Savage on YouTube. We'll have a link in the description. Um, And make sure you hit the subscribe button and stay updated with our weekly show. Also, make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thank you guys and see you guys next time.